You're listening to Pod of Wonder, the podcast that builds a world using random Wikipedia articles and then plays a game in that world. This season, we're making a reality television show about bicycle engineering in a haunted house. Really? That's what we're... Okay. I've been installing mods on Stardew, and now I love the game a lot more. (laughs) 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 Gotten gotten just a few things that, like, make it a little bit easier and less tedious and, like... Uh Uh-huh. Less tricky to remember everything, but yay. Yeah. I wish I could just do that 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 in real life. Just mod real life. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I know this was intended for a certain experience and certain difficulty, but what if not? Yes, exactly. No, what if the world what if the world is easier instead of a specific skill level? Yeah. What if we make things easier? Or, or more aesthetically pleasing. Yes. What if I can just click a button and install something in real life? Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Change everything. Yeah. Did you folks ever play, I think it was called Universal Paperclips? No. no. So the object of the game is to uh, convert the entirety of everything in the whole universe into paperclips. <laughs> but you only get to start with one. And build up huh. from there. Interesting. And how how do you convert other things into paperclips? Um, I think you can use the first paperclip to start developing a little set of scissors, which is a paperclip clipper to clip more paperclips. <laughs> hmm. um, eventually, you get to work up to rocket ships that build themselves out of paperclips so that you can go to other places. And mine for more materials to make more paperclips. Initially, I think there's a part where you have to manipulate the stock market (laughs) so that um, (laughs) all of the... So that the stock market becomes a paperclip. Well, the stock market, uh, (laughs) you can can sort of leverage things so that uh, other types of industry are, you know, subverted into paperclips because you can buy them out. I think the world would be better off if we were able to completely transform the stock market into a single paperclip. Yeah, probably. It would be more useful (laughs) Mm -hmm. and beneficial to humankind. Do you want one gigantic paperclip or like anything? A even just a standard size one would be yeah. better than what than than the stock market existing because yeah. it's fake. At, at least I have an idea of what to do with a paperclip. Right, and if you need to reboot your router, the stock market is not going to do it. Exactly. No, paperclips are much more useful, like universally. Like you can like you know reset a router, anything that involves a reset button. That's like you know mm-hmm. really in there that you need to poke at um, can hold paper together. Yeah. Um, Make it into an avant-garde earring if you... (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know. Ripple clamps? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I shorted out my thermostat with one. (laughs) (laughs) That would be better than the stock market, so yeah. Anyway. 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 What is today? Yeah, I'm thinking um, this episode and next episode are going to be either the bike-related challenges for the show or ghost-related challenges for the show. Okay. And, you know, we'll, we'll each do kind of like five minutes on on each of our articles. Okay, so wait, so we just... Oh, 
so it is the each of us gets an article and then that is going to be a challenge or are we doing one challenge okay yeah you're gonna turn that in into a challenge and the rest of us will ask you questions about it for five minutes okay Let's decide, do we want to do bike-related thing or ghost-related thing first? I have a good bike-related thing. I have a bike and ghost-related thing. I have a more ghost-related thing. Hmm. <laughs> Danny, you have, to, uh, you have I, to break the time. Uh, my idea was for a bike-related thing. Okay. okay. I will force this to be in a bike-related way. We'll see. <laughs> uh, everybody ready with an article? I do have an article. Let me drink this coffee <coughs> and stop coughing. <coughs> and then I'll be ready. Well, you are drinking coffee, you said, right? Coffee, yes. What? Because you coughed. Yeah. yeah, that was the joke I made. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to drink this coffee and finish coughing. Oh, <laughs> like, well, actually, coffee. I was just so confused. This is like, okay, I've made this joke already, so what's the new joke? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's the same joke, but slower, and then we explain it. <laughs> and then we keep joking about it afterwards. And then we keep, yes. And we keep explaining it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're shooting for that thing where it stops being funny and then loops back around to being funny it's again. I've already done that in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Anyway, Pot of Wonder, Season 8, Episode 8, Ghosts slash Writers. Ghosts, writers. I forget how we decided we were going to say it. In reality, in like in the real in the world in the world of the show, it is mm-hmm. just called Ghosts Riders. Ghosts Riders. Okay. Since this podcast is an audio medium, yeah. I feel it is necessary to explain there is a slash in there. Yeah. <laughs> try. I'll I'll try to say it pronouncing the slash Ghosts Riders. Yes. Mm. Yeah. We established this is a forward slash that we're saying, right? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, I am Danny, implied forward slash, and you can use any pronouns for me. <laughs> I'm Morgan, they slash he pronouns, slash implied, and explicit. Uh, I'm Maria, screw pile lighthouses. Say them. Oh, I forgot the last part. Yeah. <laughs> screw pile. Screw pile. Screw pile. Oh, Maria. Screw pile. Did you write screw pile? Maria. Screw pile. Say them. Lighthouses. Screw. Screw pile. Lighthouses. Screw pile. Lighthouses. Screw. Oh. Yeah. I'm Mike. I'm going with he/him pronouns. Paper clips. Paper clips? Question mark. <laughs> Implied question mark. Did you make a question mark out of a paper clip? That's exactly mm-hmm. where I was going. Mm-hmm. Mm. You can also make an S out of a paper clip. Yeah. And yeah, as <laughs> as I might rearrange the audio to clearly say today we are doing the 
of <laughs> some of the bike-related challenges in our reality show about bike bicycle engineering in a haunted house. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a traditional question mark uh, pod of wonder multi article episode i don't think we've actually done it this way in a while but uh each of us has an article we're going to spend five minutes on each person's article they're going to introduce their thing and we're going to ask them questions about that thing and uh at the end of it we will have four bicycle related reality show challenges which, of course, are not the only challenges in this show, just the ones that we are talking about or something. Uh, yeah. Does anybody want to go first? I absolutely want to go first. All right. So, Mike, introduce your, your article, what, uh, what it's going to be in our reality show, and then five minutes for questions. Um. All right, so this is an article about the town Balranald, which is in Australia. This is the location of the first telephone anywhere in Australia. They installed their first telephone booth in uh, 1911, I believe. And then later on, there was one more telephone booth, which was down at the train station. So really the first two pay phones or phones of any kind in Australia. It took a long time for the switching station for the telephone system to become automated. It happened in 1988. But before that, it was all uh, sort of that standard plug board that actual human beings had to do to connect calls. You might be wondering why I'm talking about this. Yes. So the challenge here is that there are two pegboards, which are about... 150 feet apart from each other. So a call is going to be coming in on one pegboard and needs to be connected 150 feet away to complete the phone call on the other side. So calls are going to be coming in. You're going to be using these 150 foot long cables to connect one call to another. And that cable is going to stay there for the duration of that call, which means other calls are going to be coming in, which you're going to have to zoom back around to the other side to connect those calls. And this is gonna keep happening. So you're creating this big spider web of connected phone calls, and you only have a very short period of time to connect the one call on the one side of the room to the other call on the other side of the room and make sure that you don't get tangled up in the other calls that you've already completed. So the challenge is mm. whoever can complete the most calls in X number of minutes without getting sort of clotheslined off of their bike or failing to get the call connected that's that's the challenge okay five minutes are on the clock for questions about the balwinald related challenge so is there you know is there like a specific corresponding point that each uh line is supposed to go to like the the line from the the red node has to go to the red node on the other side or you are you just going back and forth, or is there like a precision aspect to it? Oh, there's absolutely a precision aspect to, to this. So a call is going to come in on one side. It's going to be blinking red, and it's going to indicate that it needs to get connected to telephone 145 on the other side. So you need to be able to complete the call in, uh, we'll say, 10 seconds. Um, 
but you need to connect the call to the correct plug on the other side. Connecting the call incorrectly, you're automatically disqualified. Okay, so it's it's about accuracy as well as speed. Accuracy as well as speed. And maybe maybe just as a, a general competition-wide question, are people kind of on standard bicycles for these, or are they on mm. their own bike, you know, their, their idea of the bicycle of the future? Um, ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say that they're... You can have whatever sort of bicycle that you want, but there are probably going to be constraints as to the size of it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm say that no bicycle top post can, whatever that term that is, the, uh, the top part of the triangle, as it were, um, has to be less than four feet high and cannot be less than six inches high. Okay. Actually, I'm 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 actually going to pause the timer for a second. Um, mm-hmm. Like m- maybe that that is sort of a a group consensus question. Like, ah. are are these standardized challenges where everyone is on the same type of bike, or are mm. they on their future bike? And and maybe that could be on an individual challenge basis. Uh, like here's something everybody can do. You're all on the same bike or here's a chance to show off your idea of the future bike. I feel like mine, I might want um, it to be like based on the future bike or whatever, or like your ideal bike in some way, shape or form. Uh, Like it has to do with it in some way of like creativity or like use of it or something like that. But for mine, it's like, I do not care about others, but for mine, it's going to, be necessary to be using the future bike okay and mine had i my vision was they're building one to time limit that does a thing that's different than any of the things that mm. they already do so okay yeah nice. yeah it wouldn't be relevant there so you build okay. a bike for the challenge in question right so yeah. the bike that you're bringing to different challenges could be radically different. One, well, one maybe in Jersey they can ride their own, or or the one that we provided, or whatever. Each one could be different, sort of. Yeah, just flavor. has to be bike related. Yeah, so the, there's no set like explicit bike like per challenge. It varies per challenge yeah. what you're doing and and with what. Okay. Right. Can our bikes or is a bike provided for you ever if you want a a standard issue? I feel like it probably could be for yeah, yeah. Like just for a baseline kind of mm-hmm. challenge, like everybody yeah. gets the same type of bike. But mm-hmm. if if it's the kind of challenge where you know if it's if it's a manufacturing challenge, then you know you're obviously making something. Or yeah, like if it's a, a chance to like show what your future bike can do, like obviously that'll be what you bring to the table. Hmm. Mm. Okay. So, answer, it varies. Cool. Timer back on. So you're saying if they connect a call incorrectly, they're automatically disqualified. Automatically disqualified. Oh. Okay. Are there any other disqualifying uh, factors? Um, falling off of your bike or getting tangled in wires such that you cannot move forward anymore. What happens have- if everyone gets disqualified? <laughs> right. What if you put a foot on the floor? Is that falling off your bike or? Ooh, good question. Um, I'm going to say no. Hmm. And the reason I'm going to say no is um, there's not necessarily any reason for you to have pedals or cogs. 
Okay. That is exactly okay. the opposite of what we just established. I'm going to say you can put your foot on the floor. Okay. Okay. Um, say you're, you know, you've, you've got the right, uh, the right chord going to the right node, but the 10 second timer goes off. Are you a, are you still going to complete that node or do you, do you let the chord go and like retract back? You're going to complete the node. So, okay. Uh, to, to clarify the rules of the game a little bit more, um, precisely. So the n- number of Oh, how am I going to say this? Um, so there is automatic failure if you connect the call incorrectly. Um, okay. But you're also dinged a certain number of points for each second beyond 10 that it takes you to complete the call. So you're going to get five points for connecting a call in five seconds. You're going to get negative five points for if it takes you 15 seconds to complete the same call, if that makes sense. Okay, so, but you do have to complete the call even if the, the timer is off. Even if the timer goes off, you still want to complete the call. Okay. So oh, wait, like, like Morgan was saying, what happens if everyone's disqualified? Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, what does happen if everyone's disqualified? Um, the floor falls out, anyone <laughs> falls into a pit. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, if everyone's disqualified, then I hadn't even really considered that as a possibility before that was brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, so if everyone is disqualified, whoever completed the most number of calls the quickest then becomes the, I don't yeah, know. Or, or is this a question of this continues on until... Everyone fails. <laughs> oh, I think that's how it goes. So, so the the end of the competition is when no one can successfully complete a call any longer, and then you just look at what the points value is for everyone. Okay, so it, it's like you're you're trying to complete a set number of calls in the time period, or like within the time period, you're trying to do the most. You're trying to do the most. So the the competition continues on until no one can continue. And continues on until the point at which everyone is disqualified. So this challenge could last half an hour. It could last five minutes. It really depends on... Or days. Or days. <laughs> it could go on for days. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so there there is no set time limit on this, which I recognize is going to be a little bit challenging for the editors... A little challenging for the viewers, too, I think. (laughs) (laughs) The longest episode in television history. (laughs) It'll be a two-part episode. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, we're back with more bicycling back and forth (laughs) in this net of telephone wires. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Question I meant to ask, and maybe this can be sort of an out-of-time question, uh, which of our final four contestants, uh, Turk, Marjorie, John, or Vlad, which one does the best at this challenge? <laughs> um, John was the the chess become become the tube guy. Oh, become the tube. Turk is the chess. <laughs> Turk is the chess. Um, yeah, Turk's chess. Uh, John has become the tube. Marjorie is the uh, bike that predicts your death. Mm-hmm. And and <laughs> Vlad is the <laughs> the complex vampire hierarchy 
hover bike guy. Uh, it seems like it's going to be Vlad. That was my first thought too. The only, my only argument for Marjorie would be that her bike already runs strings. So Marjorie might have more of an experience with just what this kind of interface would be like. Yeah, but she's also, oh, I think it'll be Vlad. I, I think mean, it's I probably think it'll Vlad. Be Vlad. Marjorie yeah. is perfect. Cool. Yay. Go Vlad. Go Vlad. My boy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need to sound very ancient saying that. <laughs> My boy. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, who would like to go next? I guess I could. If you want. Yeah, sure. go right ahead. Okay, so my article is the United States Lighthouse Board. Mm. It's just about the creation of basically the the regulation of lighthouses in by U.S. Congress. But the part I was most interested in is the development of new technologies in lighthouses. Um, screw pile lighthouses, where is where you sink a big <laughs> yeah you sink a big uh, uh, concrete. Uh, pile it into the ocean and then you screw the feet of the lighthouse into that. Um, first sound signal was powered by a ho- horse operated treadmill and later by an internal combustion engine. Um, mechanically rung fog bells were introduced in uh, 1851. Uh, the striking mechanism was governed by a weight attached to a flywheel and later internally run by clockworks. Uh, and in 1886, a new technology was tested in the illumination of the Statue of Electricity. The Statue of Electricity. Statue of Electricity? The Statue of Liberty. Electricity. <laughs> um, so uh, so then they started lighting uh, lighthouses with electricity. How is this a, a bike challenge? You're, you get thrown into a room with just a bunch of just junk. Like wheels and tubes and and uh, like gears and I mean maybe like you know plugs and and tools and you're given a set of instructions kind of like an IKEA or a Lego set uh, and the aim is in um, a set time period I don't know whether it's like you know an hour or whatever you know they give people on these these shows you have to assemble a bicycle that can power. Uh, the light on the top of the mansion and send the beam the furthest. Okay. So it's like a stationary bike. They're like stationary (laughs) bikes. Mm -hmm. Five minutes on the clock for the United States Lighthouse Board related bike challenge. A go. Are these sequential or parallel? What I mean is, is everyone... Is it you assemble a thing and then everybody's done assembling and then you go one after the other to shoot a beam or is everyone shooting beams simultaneously? Uh, no, I think I think everybody together is in the pile of junk in the same way. And you have to you see a really cool thing that's going to power your bike really good that looks like it's the thing that's on your instructions, and you have to run to it and grab it before someone else can get it. And everybody's got their corner and they're building and they're building, and then they go one after another, you know. And try it out and see, and the light beam gets measured. Is this the kind of thing where, like, one particular very powerful thing, there's only one of them? Like, if you need a screw pile to go really fast, that whoever can grab the screw pile first to use them, their thing? Or is it sort of like there's 
enough of everything for everyone to do really well? Or are there just like limited mm-hmm. limited numbers of individual things that are good? I think there would be limited numbers of individual things that are like there that are good. Mm-hmm. But hmm, I'm wondering if maybe then there shouldn't be kind of like I wonder if there shouldn't be like a cost scenario, like you know, yeah. it's something where you're like, if you want to get the really good thing, you have to. This is you're only allowed, you know, that's the thing that you get, and then you have less money to buy from for the other items. Mm. Mm. So it's sort of like you're a uh, kind of bidding on parts kind of scenario in order to build your bike uh, beam shooter. Yeah, so maybe mm. there are like good parts that you bid on, and then then there's just like a bunch of extra junk that you can like run and get, but it's not like super good part. The stuff that's like actually gonna mm. gonna uh, okay. do the the powering of it is. Uh, so so maybe is there an element of like bicycle history knowledge and discernment to it like if you can recognize the really fancy part in the pile then you then you don't need to bid on the the good looking Mm. item i like that yeah yeah like if you if you know that oh that was the 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 precursor to the the really fancy you know state-of-the-art one but it works just as good if you know how to hook it up Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it's rust covered, so maybe you like somebody might pass it up. But if you know what that part mm-hmm. is, then then you've got a bargain. Yeah, and before yeah, the yeah. bidding, like they get to like all look at the pile of parts or whatever for like five minutes. Just like take a look, remember what you can, and like what might be good for you, and then go to the bidding. Without really, yeah. without being able to like reference what's in that pile, but mm-hmm. it's memory too. Is this bidding, or is this one of those sort of challenges where the prices of things start at a particular level and they just sort of tick up the longer it takes for people to pick them up, or are you actually like auctioning stuff off and whoever can pay the most for the doohickey? I would think maybe it's you know there's a the way they do it in these things you. You pull you you get the first pick. They pull your name out of a hat, and you have to decide what's the first thing I'm going to buy. And then you know everybody gets to go around, and mm. then you go around again, and uh, go around again. Yeah. But you only have a certain amount of cash to purchase from. Mm. Is there an incentive to save your resources? Any like do they carry over to other challenges, or are they worth points, or is it like spend your money on whatever you can? Um. I think maybe spend your money on whatever you can because I think there would be there's certainly enough stuff there that if you bought you know no one's going to be able to buy everything you know you just want to spend your money wisely you know spread it out to as as many uh, pieces that is, that's going to you know mm-hmm. uh, be to your advantage as possible you can't like if you, you know and if a cooking competition if you spend all the money on the really expensive fish then but then you don't get anything to go with it Mm-hmm. Uh, it might not be as impressive, but if you can kind of, you know, but also if you buy too much junk, then you don't have a showpiece. Mm. You kind of have to weigh it. Okay. So does the order of picking is, is that, does that come from uh, how you did in a previous competition? Do you start off with a slightly, I guess it's the same question as Danny was having. Do you, are your resources, buffed or hurt by how you've done in the past 
I suppose it could be. Like, maybe, you know, what do they do a lot of the times? They let the winner of the last challenge gets mm-hmm. to pick the order that everybody else goes in. Or something like that. Right. That could work. Hmm. Either that or all entirely random. Mm-hmm. Either that or not that. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or not that. Pot of wonder. Ooh, I love the idea of a game which is just called either that or not that. <laughs> <laughs> either that or not that. <laughs> it all comes down to this choice. Or that choice. <laughs> which of our final four contestants would be the best at Maria's challenge? Ooh. Mm. Turk. Probably Turk. Turk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, Turk or he's got. He's got an engineering background, kind of. Yeah. He's yeah. he's young. Mm-hmm. I mean, John might be really good at 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 stealing other people's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my th- – because, like, there is that aspect of, like, looking for, like, valuable parts. So I think, like, either an older or shadier contestant like John would be <laughs> a little better at, like, that aspect of it. Mm. Right, so maybe Turk looks favored, starts out good, but then just gets too yeah. gets too fancy with it, or like yeah. can't follow mm-hmm. through on the, or picks a too expensive part in the beginning or something. Mm. Right, or the the design that he has in mind is too complicated and can't really he can't not, execute yeah, it in time or something. Yeah, yeah. He get away from the very over engineered vision that he starts out with. Right, so he can't really simplify. Yeah, I could see that. I could see John managing to wheedle his way through that one. Yeah, he's a the the dark bike horse. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay, um, that was very similar to what I had oh, planned. No, so I'm, I'm going sorry. to. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, you. It was, I mean, it was better in a lot of ways than what I would have come mm, up with. Sure so if you'll give me a moment to find a, a new inspiration. Uh, I know what I want, what I have. I'll go next if you want. Okay. Thank you, Morgan. Yeah. Hello, Wanderers. Danny here. Just stepping in to break up the action a little bit and do a quick PSA. Do you know cats? They're those adorable little furry creatures with the knives in their hands. And do you know tabletop role-playing games? If you don't know what those are, but you're listening to this podcast, I have maybe not a lot of questions, but the questions I do have are pretty big ones. Anyway, if you do know cats and tabletop role-playing games, then you should know about Meowrathon. Meowrathon is a charity tabletop live-streaming event, raising funds for Simply Cats, a no-kill, cage-free cat shelter. Now, in the Venn diagram of cats and role-playing games, I am the overlapping center bit. But that's not the only reason I'm telling you about this. I'm going to be running a game for Meowrathon. I'll be running Thirsty Sword Lesbians, a queer game of romance, drama, and action. And in this particular instance, cats. And you, yes you, can sign up to play this game with me. Or just watch if that's more your speed. You can go to meowrathon.com for all the details. That's M-E-O-W-R-A-T-H-O-N dot com. And now, back to the show.
Okay. Mine is Gustav Thoret or Thore. I, I don't know. He's French, so I don't know how T-H-U-R-E-T is pronounced in French. But anyway, he's a botanist and I jumped right off of off there and <laughs> um, have decided that my uh, competition it's going to be more from you know the the business standpoint where you know you have to create a product for consumers maybe you might have to meet certain aesthetic specifications for you know funding it's going to be a creative challenge They've got the capacity to like build these prototypes and everything. Well, now they need to like design and build um, a model of their prototype that is themed for Earth Day because this episode is going to air on Earth Day. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be one of those situations where like it's filmed months before Earth Day. Yes. But everybody has to pretend it's Earth Day. Exactly. Um, I, I, lo- I love that in reality shows. And it's also filmed over like multiple days, but they pretend it's just one day in the episode. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, so they have to like come up with like a decorative model. Like they've got to figure out color um, combinations. Like, are they going to make it like overtly like botanical, like with metal leaves and all that, like decorating the bike? Or are they just going to stick to like, an interesting color theme. Like what kind of message do they want to send with their bikes? And like, it just needs to be like decorated in a creative way that does not um, majorly impair any kind of functionality. And then the one with the most interesting and creative uh, version at the end. Okay, cool. Five minutes on the clock. Go. What are they given in, do they just have to design it or do they have to design and then build? Um, They have to design and then build, but you know, they've got access to factories or like whatever kind of equipment is needed to like put these bikes together. Like they don't really, they don't have to like, you know, actually do it from scratch here. It's like you use your facilities. You do have to actually like build it from scratch, but it's like with the facilities, like, that are in a tent in the back on the grounds <laughs> that like, you know, can, we'll put together basic stuff. Um, but you've also got access to, you know, maybe your assistants and you do have to design and you can like do primary design and have assistants like put together stuff or whatever. But the important thing is designing and then building. Right. So you almost have to have like a, a, a the project management outlook to it too, to succeed. Yeah. A little bit. You have to like plan ahead, delegate, etc. Are the decorations, okay. um, are they fake and made out of other materials or like, for example, could I put a real set of flowers on it? Or could I put a fish tank that had live fish or would it have to all be just bike related materials? Um, well, the important thing is that it will not impair or impede functionality of your bike. Um, this does not have to be a fully functional bike, but the, like, for time's sake, but the time, but like, if it was stuff on a fully functional bike, it should not really impair, uh, 
the use of the bike. So, so you, you kind of answered my question, but you know, you, you said these don't have to be fully functional bikes. Like, to what extent is functionality part of the final score? Like, does a a very pretty bike that you can't ride take uh, more points than a bike that you can still ride that isn't as pretty? I think it's um, if you manage to get like a very functional bike that you can ride and use on a regular basis or something in the time constraints, that would be very impressive. But I think it'll be like there will be some kind of time constraint that means that like you cannot, you know, produce a full beautiful like perfect ready to go ready to sell ready to be in the market bike in this amount of like time span so uh it more likely that if you've got like a perfectly functional bike um you have missed out on creativity and decoration yeah so what are the so so looks count for more this is like this is a primarily like visual looks based creative challenge yes so here as like criteria for points the you've got the aesthetics you've got the creative um aspect uh you've got the functionality and then you've also got your theme your earth day message are there any other uh things that would be criteria that on in the pointing point system i don't really think so i think maybe like uh the rest would just be informing those other criteria so yeah no those are that's pretty much it are there judges um Hmm. yeah it's the people that are the hosts of the show (laughs) and they bring in a guest judge who's like Uh, yeah some kind of like i don't know barely barely relevant to this entire industry or challenge but like i don't know the editor of an editor at like a fashion magazine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- that, that was going to be my question is like, like what guest judge do they bring in? Mm. Like, like what project runway season winner do yeah, they bring exactly. in? To judge it's the, like the vaguest, vaguest relation, like completely different thing. And the, like this, this, this guest judge has like absolutely no idea what goes into actually making these aesthetics work on the bikes at all. Like they don't know anything about it. They like completely different. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so is the point system hard and fast or is it really just, it comes down to which thing the judges like the best? I think it probably comes down to which thing the judges like the best. Mostly like, I'm sure there's probably a behind the scenes, like rubric that they use. Um, but that's not really shown. It's more like, it's more like how on like, Great British Bake Off, like, they show the judges, like, discussing stuff, like, out loud and going back and forth and, like, oh, the pros and the cons of this one versus that one. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, presumably there's, like, off-screen conversation and maybe scoring that, you know, oh, yeah. goes into actually judging who wins. And then then they come out, like, none of that happened. Okay. What are these bikes being sort of what's the background of these bikes is it like do the contestants get to choose like what their bike is paired with aesthetically or is there like a a blank everybody gets the same background you have to like coordinate with this one single background type stuff um i think everyone gets the same background it's like even the playing field cool 
and which of our final four contestants will do the the best at this challenge? I mean, Marjorie probably, right? Isn't she an artist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Do it. Uh, yeah. Arts, crafts. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the, like a, a bit of question of like taste level as as mm. as gets bandied about in I think like project runway particularly but. i think like maybe vlad, vlad might be give her a run for her money though like because vlad's definitely like got the sophistication down you know mm-hmm. he's like i i understand aesthetic vision he he has a strong viewpoint yes yes he has been you know exposed to all of the great art of the world <laughs> <laughs> cool uh, yeah, so I am pulling out what is a very Pot of Wonder article. Press Gang <laughs> is a, a British children's television show about a, a bunch of kids who run a newspaper. Oh my god. As as seen in several seasons of this podcast as well. <laughs> no, 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 no. Seriously. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Why is that a theme? It, it really is. Like, I'm like... <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun trope is, is why. You know, it's kind of like part uh, teen slash preteen drama, part uh, news, uh, kids newspaper uh, type stuff. Um, apparently, it was also uh, written by Stephen Moffat, who <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh my God. went on to be a much bigger name than this show would suggest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who, uh, among other Sherlock. Sherlock. Ooh, uh, what's the one where they send that dude all around the, the world and he has a horrible time everywhere he goes? Oh, fuck. That's what oh, I, know, um, I know exactly what you're, I know talking, what you're talking about. Idiot Abroad? Yeah. Idiot Abroad, yeah. Okay. yeah. Idiot Abroad, yes. Yeah, but uh, Press Gang is where is where he got his start. Interesting. And uh, my my idea is that this is going to be a a team challenge oh. and it it's kind of a blatant attempt at stirring up drama uh-huh. but it, in like reality show fashion where you know all the contestants are divided into teams and you're going to try and you know like dig up dirt on other contestants like report on stuff like who keeps uh like leaving the toothpaste stains in the sink or like talking about gossip back home and stuff, but you know you're trying to uh, like print out a uh, little mini newspapers uh, about <laughs> your team, and you know it's a a bicycle powered printing press, <laughs> and you know you uh, you're being judged on on numerous criteria including number of copies printed and uh, salaciousness of details. Oh my god! Mm. Yeah. Now I, you know what I want to know. I want to know who in your household is guilty of the toothpaste stains in the sink. No, let me start the timer first. Who in your (laughs) personal question? Go-to piece of drama was someone leaves toothpaste stains in the sink. Is this something you can accuse of, or that maybe your partner uh, is guilty of? You know, it was just sort of the first like annoying roommate thing I thought of. Like, like it, it's not something. It's like not something I personally deal with in my life. Oh, 
but <laughs> I mean, like just looking through the article, it gets like apparently pretty serious at points. Mm-hmm. So like I, I didn't want to pull necessarily from yeah. like <laughs> a- apparently there's a lot of dirty jokes in that they uh they slipped past the editors. <laughs> okay. But uh yeah, uh, wow, yeah, talking about uh child abuse, drug abuse, gun violence. Apparently they almost made a butt sex joke. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Which I mean Somebody in Wikipedia felt the need to link to the article anal sex for the phrase anal sex. So. I mean, some people might not know. <laughs> My grandmother only found out about what anal sex was a couple of years ago when she was reading about uh, warts. Like you're, you're reading about your favorite uh, late 80s, early 90s British children's television show, and that's how you learn about yeah. anal sex. You never know when it can come to you. Some people, yeah, they're not introduced to the same kind of media that we are. That's fair. Uh, anyway, uh, it, that's probably not part of the challenge, though. Uh, five minutes on the clock. <laughs> For this printing press, uh, do you have to typeset everything by hand? Is it the sort of thing where you have, like, uh, what are they called, slugs in a tray, and you have to manually put all of the headlines and stuff in backwards on the actual press? Uh, yeah, I think that actually is a part of it. Like it, it maybe is kind of loosely tied into the, the engineering aspect somehow as you have to like construct like the, the physical layout of this, you know, with the, the different kind of like letter sizes and stampings and things like it, it's all considered in, in the name of engineering, even though it's tangentially related at best. Uh, do you get dinged for, uh, spelling errors or, or proofing mistakes or anything like that? I don't think that's part of the criteria as much. Like, if it comes down to it, maybe that might uh, be a factor. But, you know, the primary goal is, you know, the the pedaling fast to print out copies and how much uh, drama you, you churn up. Mm. So what what kind of drama is in there? Is is it sort of they're, – they're, are, are they given time to uh, – interview each other or are you just how i want to i want to know more about uh how the drama is collected Mm -hmm. um so i think you know there are you know just from living together there's going to be existing grievances but the the actual course of the challenge will be like an eight hour period where you know everything has to be done by the end of that eight hours so you know interviews uh gossip columns of actually putting the machine together like that all has to be kind of done but the expectation is that people are coming into it with some uh juicy stuff in their minds already okay i want to know what the juice is but i guess that might be a different episode I mean, I'm I'm looking at our our list of uh, contestants. I I can come up with some juice. So what's what's the uh, what's the winning piece of gossip? Um, see, so I think it is a, a surprising bit of journalism. Uh, Brent Pump and Dump, who uh, who had something to do with uh, bike buying and penny stocks. It turns out that, uh, you know, 
Art Dula's family was kind of impacted by one of Brent's schemes, and that's why uh, Art has to live on the moon now, <laughs> is because of some uh, financial trouble with uh, Brent's penny stocks. And, you know, that's uh, it, it kind of creates a, a simmering uh, tension between them that the producers will play up over the course of the series until Brent is eliminated. Mm. Now, who broke that story? And is and if you're the one who breaks the story, do you get individual points, or is it entirely a team challenge? Um, it is entirely a team challenge based on the final product. But you know, there always is that question the judges ask, like who who really like deserves the like who really made this win possible. And, you know, everybody's like, well, it's a team effort. It's a team effort. And But uh, the person who actually broke that story was the Boys Ranch High Rough Riders. Because it's just seven boys. You can never keep track of them. You know, you know, they've got eyes and ears everywhere. Uh, you know they're they're always watching and listening with their their creepy child eyes, <laughs> <laughs> and and they they know a whole bunch of stories, and really it's kind of unfair that they got counted as a single contestant for this particular challenge, yeah. just because of how much ground they can cover. Is anybody checking up on the veracity of any of these stories? I mean, can we just make up gossip with no foundation at all? I think you know it. Accuracy is less of an important uh, detail. Like, obviously, like maybe later in the season, there might be like uh, a refutation uh, challenge, or you know, a if if it comes down to judging, like th- really, what they're looking for is sort of things that people can throw in each other's faces. Like, you did this thing, or you lied about me doing this thing. Oh, oh, oh. so it has to be at least partially true in order to get an emotional reaction out of the person you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Either accurate enough or plausible. Mm. Right. Oh, so, so plausible in a way that might make another contestant really upset because no, that's not true about me at all. Totally lie. Right. Believes it. Cause obviously. Yeah. Mm. They, they, they believe it. to be true, or it, it could be true under the, the right circumstances. I have one last question. Is this uh, old-timey black-and-white newsprint, or is it in color? And are there photos, or are Ooh. there cartoons in black-and-white, or what's the aesthetic? Ooh, um, definitely old-timey black-and-white. I think whichever team wins, like, the winning detail is, like, a little political cartoon, like a, a bland looking person, like obviously labeled as one of the contestants with like a giant head, <laughs> like saying something cheesy, like bikes to meet you or, or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, a, a better pun well, than this that. This is what you get as a prize for winning. What? What? No, it's what I retract my question <laughs> on the basis of it making no sense. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay. <laughs> wait, wait, did we did I miss something? No, I just No, laughed. I think we were just all kind of collectively exhaling for a bit. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I giggled to fill the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so which contestant is, or I guess which contestant slash team is going to be the, the best at this challenge? It's not just our final four. This is earlier on in the, or I guess it would be earlier on. It would be right. later because otherwise you wouldn't have juice yet. But so are the teams, uh, teams of our final four or are they bigger teams? Yeah, I envision this being earlier in the competition, so it's like more more teams, bigger teams, more drama. Yeah, maybe like like three episodes in where like people have been living together long mm-hmm. enough to start forming like alliances and rivalries. Part of me is like, oh, well, Marjorie has all these ghost buddies who could be, you know, listening mm. in for news, but I don't know. I mean, John did have you know, kind of like leaning into the stealing mm-hmm. stuff past again. Like he, he did have a way of going around and like getting other people's Pretty stuff. Shady, yeah. If anyone were going to like pull out all the stops and just, I can definitely see that. Hmm. Like if, if the goal is sensationalism, then, and like John does not care about who he pisses oh. off. Mm-hmm. Who was this from early on? Uh, the token goth contestant. The bike that will bring around the end times. This was, uh, <laughs> yeah, Co- oh, Co- Co- I, I was just looking about that. Kohutek, yes. Age unknown, city unknown, token god contestant, the bike that will bring about the end times. I forgot about Kohutek. What, you, you have an argument for why Kohutek might be, uh, the one person who would maybe have the least affect of anyone and therefore the least affect, really? A goth? Bringing about the end times. Are you just coming to the, the times? Are you talking about because it's funny because yeah. newspaper the time? His team, yeah, his team's newspaper is named yeah. the end times. Okay, I'm sorry it took me so long to get there. You know what I appreciate is when <laughs> I'm not trying to make a pun and you find a pun in what I have made. You weren't trying to make that pun? I was not. Oh, okay. I just assume now that if you're saying something and it's a little odd to me that I just need to look deeper <laughs> and find the pun in there. That feels like a, a dangerous hole to fall into. <laughs> do, do we want to have a hot seat for this? I don't understand what a hot seat would be for this. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I don't think we need a hot seat for it. All right, cool, cool. We're done. This has been Pod of Wonder. You can follow us on Twitter at Pod of Wonder. You can email us at podofwonder at gmail.com. And you can buy some shirts and stickers and other merch at society6.com slash podofwonder. Danny can be found on Twitter at DannyPlaysRPGs. And you can find the games Danny makes at dannymakesrpgs.itch.io. You can find Morgan on Twitter at Morgan underscore the underscore Faye underscore and on Instagram at Morgan the Faye with no underscores. Faye spelled F-A-E in both cases. Mike and Maria are not on social media like sensible people. Our opening theme is Opening by Komiku. And our closing theme is Bike Ride with You by Ryan Anderson. See you next ride, wanderers.